look at all of this until you understand this. Amen? And so we really need to see and understand the qualities of love that are brought out in First Corinthians 13 because this is actually the qualities of divine love, which means this is God's love. And can I just say, this is God being, I guess in a sense, described to us in a way that we can understand. And I really want you to understand this, not just as love does this and love does that, but God does this and God does that. Amen? And so I want to continue on. I won't do too much of a review. All I'm going to say is that we know that God is long-suffering towards us, that God is kind towards us. We looked at this before, forgiving, okay? And, uh, and also we talked about humility as well last time. And that was a real key thing. You know, a lot of people have this idea that God is just has attitudes and is always upset and, you know, just, just can only do so much and then he wants to slap you. And we saw the way he was abused and he was slapped and he was insulted and he didn't open his mouth. Now, if he is going to do that for sinners and, in, you know, in the presence of sinners, how much, you know, I, I just honestly, let me take a minute here, I honestly don't think we ever realize how much God puts up with us. I mean, seriously. And sometimes we take that as it's okay to do bad things. And it's not. We need to be like God in that we need to be holy, we need to be righteous, we need to be loving. You understand that I said righteous and loving, otherwise it becomes self-righteousness. And that's thinking. <laughs> you don't that. Amen. So we want, we want to go on today and look at the next bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. In fact, we'll look at verses 5 and 6 where it says that God's love, this is the kind of love he wants to love us with, okay? It says he's not irritable, upset, or angry, and as we saw earlier, keeps no record of when he has been wrong. That means he's forgiven. Forgiving, excuse me. Verse 6, he is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Now, the writer of Hebrews brings this aspect of God out. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9, when God the Father says about God the Son, this is from the New Living Translation, Hebrews 1 9, he says, You love what is right and hate what is wrong. You know, you really need to know this, okay? You need to know that God loves what is right and He hates what is wrong. If something is going wrong in your life, you don't need to say to God, God, why are you allowing this to happen? What's wrong, you know? <laughs> he hates that. It's not like He's indifferent to the suffering you're going through, to the injustice done to you. Do you hear what I'm saying? He tells us here that he loves what's right and he hates what's wrong. And as much as you hate what's, you know, what might be going wrong in your life, know that he hates it even more. <laughs> okay? And he will do something about it. Hallelujah. And I will share something uh, with you uh, on that in just a minute. This lets us know in God loving you, he will do everything he can to make sure that you are looked after. And that people do the right thing by you. Notice he loves what is right. In like manner, that you are never wronged in any way. And for you to know that if you are ever wronged, 
king will take care of it. Remember Romans 12, 19. I'll read from the New Living Translation. It says, Dear friends, this is Romans 12, 19. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For it is written, I will take vengeance. I will repay those who deserve it. I really like the New Living Translation because it puts it that way. Okay, thank the Lord. See, sometimes we get mad at people and we want to take vengeance and we want to do stuff. People, you all understand we're living in a fallen world. You all understand that people have a bad day. Hello. And sometimes they get asked, screw the other character. And you might be the, it might be the first time you meet them and they're in a bad place. And so, what, you know, that one sort of reaction you get from them, it, because it's the only reaction you ever had from them, you just think that's who they are, that's how they are. No, go ahead, take them out. <laughs> and you find this so many times when I'm getting certain feelings about certain people that might, you know, be that way. God says, you don't know the whole story. Let me look after things. Amen? And so we need to be careful. See, God will do what is right. You know what he does? He's long suffering. That's when we go, but God is taking too long to fix this. <laughs> okay? Yeah, for you it's too long. But thank God he waited on you when you had a problem. When you were doing all the wrong things. You know, isn't it funny? When we do all the wrong things, we want God to be eternally long suffering with us. Somebody else does something wrong. God, take him out now. <laughs> Come on now. Do we have some other Christians here today? Okay, one or two. All right. <laughs> but you need to know God, if God is this way, listen, if God is this way towards you, then He's that way towards everybody. But today we're focusing on God is this way towards you. Okay? All right. More in a minute. Back to 1 Corinthians 13. The Apostle Paul goes and says, verse 7, this time reading in the New King James Version. And I'm going to touch this God's love again. He says, God, and this is huge, God bears all things. Wow. In the Greek, give me a little Greek here, okay? All right, in the Greek, the word bear actually means to, listen, to cover, support, and therefore protect. To cover, support, and protect. All right? With John MacArthur saying, love bears all things by protecting others from exposure, ridicule, or harm. Let me just stop there for a second. You know when you've done something wrong, you knew it was wrong, you did something and you got caught. And everybody wants to rub it in your face. Because you know, people, fallen humanity likes to do that. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's agreeing with me in the back. All right. Understand, God doesn't do that. Don't ever look at their reaction and think, well, I deserve this. Is God getting, you know, just letting me know. <laughs> okay? It's never like that. God's the exact opposite. He's doing everything to protect you. He's doing everything to talk to all the people around you to say, hey, you've all made mistakes as well. Stop throwing rocks. Because you're, you're all throwing some very bad things. You don't want to do that. He will do everything he can to stop what's going on. So don't ever take what is happening around you as a sign that God is, you know, mad and he's trying to get at you. When he wants to get at you, he'll do it from the inside. Now, if you're just, you know, there, 
and the door to all those subjects was That's an old saying, isn't it? Y'all know this, amen. Anyway, you know, he might use a prophet or somebody just to get a word to you, just to get you thinking about something so he can work, work on you from the inside. He always works from the inside. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It may take a little building on the outside, but at the end of the day, see, this is the reason why, you know, if you're going to work from God, it doesn't resonate with you, and it doesn't fit, it wasn't from God, so, okay? Because even if they say, that's just the Lord, it doesn't matter, we'll see. You know, it's the ones that don't say, that's just the Lord. It's the ones that just come up, just very naturally, and say, I've heard them in my heart, and they say something, and they want to say it's the Lord, because you can't take it for the next week. You're thinking about it? That's how the Lord works. So you don't get religious and say, God said, the Lord of hosts, the God Almighty. And then, you know, it's a lot of, you know, lights and smoke and noise and that's about it. If it ain't God, it'll just fall to the floor and disappear. Don't think all your <laughs> is going to do anything. Tickles me how some of the, anyway, I won't go there. Not so precise. Okay, so, I haven't finished. All right? So again, love bears all things by protecting others from exposure, ridicule, or harm. Even when a sin is certain, love, and in this case, God, tries to correct it with the least possible hurt and harm to the guilty person. Of course, God never protects sin, but he is anxious to protect the sinner. Do you all get that? Okay, he, he, see, it's not like he doesn't know what's going on. All he knows. That's why first of my nine isn't if you confess your sin. You know, it really, it's just, if you acknowledge your sin, he already knows. You don't have to tell him nothing. He knows exactly what is going on. And maybe it's up to us to acknowledge him and, and receive his forgiveness. But I, I need you to understand something here. See, even, this is what's so amazing about God. Even though he knows everything about you, he still loves you the best. That just blows our mind. That's the kind of love we're going to talk about. <laughs> okay? That's what we're going to talk about when we say that God is love. All right? Okay, let's, let's continue on. But again, let me just re reemphasize something. Just as God wants to protect the sinner, but not the sin, we need to do the same thing. That's why we, we speak the word in love, and I know that has other applications, but, you know, it's because we love the person. And if you love somebody, then you will do everything you can in correcting them and please be led by the Spirit. Don't ever go have a, there's no such thing as a correcting ministry. <laughs> okay? If you think you have one of those, it isn't. It isn't a ministry. It's not listed in here as one of the, you know, gifts. You know what I'm saying? Okay, all right. How do you get with that? Uh, <laughs> the Lord says something to you. You know, you need to pray about it over and over again before you open your mouth. Because you need to know how to approach it, and you need to allow God to do it in His time, not when you're ready, but when the person is ready. You hear me? There's a big difference. And it seems to, to me that when I'm not ready, the person's ready. And then God says, no. And then he says, God, I was ready a week ago. He goes, yes, you were too involved and too emotionally invested. Now you're good. Now you're neutral. Now you, you, now you wanted to say that you're all right, you know. 
The boy would have been fine brimstone. That was terrible. And that's good. Because God wants to say something through you without you getting in the way. Protect the sinner, okay? Not the sinner. Let people know, but do it in love. If you can't, pray about that somebody who can do it correctly will get to them. Verse 7 goes on to say that God believes all things. Oh, I love this. In other words, God is not suspicious or distrusting, but as one commentator puts it, God is always eager to believe the best. This is about you. And why he inspired and directed the Apostle Paul to say in Philippians 4 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, this is from the NIV, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yeah. In other words, <laughs> If there's any doubt about how and what God thinks about you, just know that this is His list. A moment for that to sink in. This is His list. You know, people see you the way you are right now. Do you know how God sees you? I, I got a picture of this one. He sees you as that little boy or that little girl who runs up innocently, puts their arms up, and just wants to be loved. And what happens to that little child along the way? And he doesn't see what the result of that was. He still sees that person. You hear me? See, we see people the way they are. No. God sees people for who they really are and have always been and the way He wanted them to be. And so He's always treating you that way so that you can get back to the way you should have been. Had everything gone right. So He still looks at you. You know, <laughs> one time I had this. You know, we all go through things. Your pastor is not perfect. Yeah, I know, I know. Nobody came to church the week after. Doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> okay. You know, sometimes you, you know the people that are closest to you. Sometimes you get a little jiggy with them. You know, because they're there. And and I've learned this lesson something a long time ago. But then a while back I had this, and I was kind of you know, and it happens every so often here and there as well. But you know, sometimes it gets like kind of a little jiggy with people, you know, especially me and my wife. Oh, but she's a saint. I know. What is wrong with me? Anyway, so <laughs> they, they just sometimes do things that I, I start to get a certain way, and then I because I, I'm seeing her for who she is, and then I see the way God sees her. You know, it's a little girl running around playing with the dolly, is it? You know, and and he says, "Don't mess with that. Come and talk to me." Because that's what he sees. You get mad, that's who you're getting mad with. You want to get upset and tell him off? That's who you're telling off in his sight. Ooh, he's not happy at all. Better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and thrown in the ocean! <laughs> anyway, 
All right, so. Once again, this is his list. And what he does automatically is that he only ever thinks lovely thoughts about you and makes a firm commitment to retain his faith in you. Did you get that? This is what he commits to. This is who he is. He's always thinking well about you. On your absolute best day, when you are loving everybody around you, you still haven't come anywhere close to the way God loves you. Nowhere close to it. But you can get a glimpse of the way he is in those moments. Added to this, it goes to the same verse 7 again, God hopes all things, or literally, is always hopeful. Do you know he's always hopeful? He, 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 no, he's not like doubting Thomas. It's the first angel comes and says, I think we should be about to do, you know, go up and God is God. I, I doubt that. He already believes in that. He already is waiting for it. When the angel comes and says, there's this, he goes, I know. Yeah, but you know, I was expecting that. See, that's how you need to see God. He's always hoping for the best from you. In fact, let me read some of this stuff, okay? Now, I've said here, this in no way suggests that God is blind to reality and doesn't know how Satan operates in people's lives. However, because he loves you so much and has more faith and hope in you than you do in yourself, he is always hoping that you will, even at the last minute, come to your senses, shame the devil, and do what is right. That's how God lives. <laughs> That's how God sees you. That's why it breaks his heart that anybody goes to hell. Because he's just hoping, he's just has this impression God's going to say something else. But, you know, he, he hopes and he always believes that you will do the right thing. He's done everything that he can for you, and that you respond to that. And it is just, it is sad and astounding when people reject his love, reject his free gift, and go to heaven. When he is just sitting there, hoping, believing, that you change your, isn't it interesting how powerful your will is? Hmm? How sovereign your will is. How God said, let them have dominion. He didn't have to say that. He decided that that's how it was going to be. And then it became your choice. Uh-huh. Anyway, the verse ends by saying that, that God endures all things. Boy, Kissimaki says, the Greek word for endure means to endure in times of pain, suffering, deprivation, patient, loss, and loneliness. It implies perseverance, perseverance and tenacity in all circumstances. I need you to apply this to God now. He isn't this insecure, emotional little thing up there that's just always hurt because he's been closing it up today. And you didn't say enough hallelujah. And you didn't say enough God, I love you. You know, you had one more yesterday and today. 
There's a whole message in there, but I don't have time for that. All right. Of course, we see the best example of this in Luke 23, 34, when Jesus, as God in the flesh, says about those who mercilessly crucified him and openly mocked him, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Isn't that incredible? While we'll be asking for vengeance, that's what he has to say about it all. This is the kind of love that God has for you. And the kind of love that wants to love you all the days of your life if you let him. Amen? You getting something here? I pray that you are. I pray that this brings a healing to you. We need to be healed of a lot of things. You know, we think we need physical healing. I think we need emotional healing first. I think we need to be healed in there, and then all of it will start to pour out. And then we'll get healed in every other area of our life. Amen. We're going on to the next section here, Sango. We're going on to the next section, which is I want, now that we have an do we have an idea of what when I say God is love, what we mean, what we mean by that? Amen. Okay. If not, go back and listen to this. Can't <laughs> go through this every time. <laughs> okay. I'm going to introduce the next section. But I'll only introduce it today, and we'll get into it full on from next week, okay? I've been waiting to get to this, but I need to lay that foundation so I could make these statements. In First John chapter 4, verse 7, but let's go there very quickly. Let me introduce you to this. You know, John was the apostle of love. Wow. You know, he loved because he was loved. Because he understood and he wrote, because God first loved me. He said that. Make it personal, okay? Because God first loved me, now I can love other people. Hallelujah. All right? And let me just read this, this verse, introduce it, and we'll call it quick for today. He says here, and this is where we're going next, all right? He says, Beloved, let us love one another. And then he says, For love is of God, or literally divine, agape love, comes from God. Understand something. That the Apostle John understood where love comes from and the reason why God needs to be in the center of everything that we do. And we're going to look at this love in more detail in the coming weeks. We're going to look at how this perfect divine love desires to love us and what this perfect divine love desires to do for us. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Lord, more than anything else for what you are sharing with us, for what you are revealing to us. And I believe finally, God, people are going to see you for who you really are not what the enemy has lied 
about for centuries. And I just thank you, Father, that as people begin to understand who you, who you really are, they will turn to you. Because everybody is looking for that. But sadly, they're looking in all the wrong places. And we thank you, Father, that when we tell them that God loves them, that we have some substance behind us. And they understand. Something of what they want. In Jesus' name. Amen.